Welcome to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I'm your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad, it incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving your kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and messy stories. In this podcast, we will hear stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. These stories will connect us and allow us to continue to grow into the men fatherhood is calling us to be. This is a great episode with my friend Dave Fear Jr. Him and I have been friends for some time, have very similar families. And uh, what I really appreciate about Dave and some of the takeaways from this episode are his involvement in local government, um, how he has introduced his family to local government, coaching, how to be involved in the community. And I think that as we look around our world, I tend to especially kind of focus inwardly on my home and should also spend some time looking outwardly in the ways in which I serve my community and what my underlying reasons are for doing so. Check it out. Today, I'm excited. I've got my good friend, Dave Fear Jr. up in the office. How are you, Dave? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me. Heck yeah, man. I'm excited about this. So Dave and I are in the same industry. We've probably known each other for about eight years, I would guess. And funny thing is, is we had both lived in the same town in Northern California, probably less than five miles from each other and didn't know it. And we both have five kids and we had met in Los Angeles at an industry event. We're sitting by each other at a table and we're like, oh, you live in this town. Oh yeah. And you live in this town and this is where you live. And oh, you have five kids and oh, I have five kids and I have four girls and a boy and you have four girls and a boy. Wild. Yes. And we have two kids with the same name. Also strange. And our youngest girl has the same name. Yes. Which is Stella. Stella. And then I also have a Presley. Presley. Dude, it's so weird. Yeah. Doppelganger. Yes. Uh, Well, you're a lot better looking than I am, but... You look stronger. Well, you know, I mean, if you'll eat a little more protein, we (laughs) probably wouldn't be as much of a problem. Uh, well, so yes, I thought, um, if I remember correctly, it was one of our mutual friends that had first kind of introduced us at that meeting and said, Hey, I think you guys should talk. You see, I bet you, you have a lot in common. And then we kind of started doing that and it was like, what the heck? And where do you live? And how come I've never seen you around town before? Um, and so it was a pretty good, um, connection right there in the beginning. And, um, over the years, I think, uh, because we're in the same industry, um, and I switched my role from kind of a competitor to you to more of a um, wholesaler or, or, or works with what you do. Yeah. We've had a great opportunity to work together over the years. Yeah, a, lot um, of, a lot of groups, a lot of accounts. So let's give people an understanding of who you are. So how old are you, Dave? I'm, I just turned 38. Okay. And how long have you been married? 15 and a half years. 15 and a half years. And you have five kids. Mm-hmm. Baby number one range? came... Baby number one came nine months and two days after our honeymoon. No way. Yes, sir. Actually, after our wedding. So it was a honeymoon baby. Wow. Um, serious. My oldest is a freshman in high school, and that is a very interesting and fun time, to be honest. Um, and, cool. So your son's your oldest. Then. Yeah. My son is my oldest, and then I have four girls in a row. And when that 
fourth one came out. I said, okay, we're done. Thank you. Were you planning on having any more or was five kind of your number? No, I think five was kind of my number. Um, I came from five kids and my wife came from six. And so after we had, after that last kid, um, I think I would have done one more. Oh yeah. But my wife never wavered. She was done after that and she never had a second thought. And, and when I realized that she was done, 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 I said, okay, well then we'll end this. And that's cool. I didn't think I'd have five kids. The twins were what threw me at, you know, four. And then we thought we'd have one more, but dude, just last week, which I want to have him on the podcast. I met a guy who lives here in Auburn, uh, with 15 kids. Ooh. And they all, I mean, they all look very similar and good looking family. Yeah. I'm fine with five because you can still fit in a minivan. You yeah. Get... Once you get over five, then you have to switch to the different, the like big the Mercedes yeah. eight passenger, which would be nice, but it's a much. Yeah. I think, I think that's just fine. So what have your kids called you over the years? Has there been any names that have been specific? Mainly just dad. Just dad. I think I have one daughter that really likes calling me daddy. Nice. Um, She's my, the one that kind of resembles me the most and acts the most like me and makes sure that I never leave the house without giving her a hug and a kiss. Uh, And she's the one who calls me daddy. Everybody else is dad. Yeah. What has been the best resource to you uh, as a father? The best resource as a father um, has been my belief in God and and going to church on a regular basis. Um, And then the support of just kind of knowing other guys who are in similar situations and dealing with the same things and talking with them and learning with them over the years. Nice. So you've intentionally had friends who are in similar situations as you that you can kind of support each other. I think we naturally tend to find people who are similar. Mm. And, um, you know, I found those people in church and outside of church and, um, whether they belong to the same religion or as I do or not, we tend to have similar values and, and, um, it's really helped over the years. Nice. So the podcast is all based around this idea of rebel and create and rebel and create at its core means to rebel against the expectations that either the world or that I as a man place on myself, but not just to rebel for the sake of being different, but to create something out of that. And for me, it's really to create a life engaged in the craft of fatherhood, you know, to really think that fatherhood is a craft, something that I'm working on regularly, but rebel and create could be applied to so many things to the smallest thing in my life, to the largest thing that I'm, I'm trying to become my best version of myself, I guess. So what's something that you are currently or kind of life rebelling and creating against? Well, let me say that, um, you know, I've kind of known you since you started in um, the this idea of rebel and create and, and kind of it has matured over the years. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember when you first kind of shared it with me and said, what do you think? And I go, well, that has a lot of potential. I really like that idea. Um, and you know, as getting ready for this podcast over the last couple of months, you know, I've had a chance to think on it and, um, I just, I guess I've come to the conclusion that naturally I've always been a person that liked to rebel against the normal. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, when I was a little kid, uh, and, and I was into sports, everybody liked the A's because of the Bash brothers. And so I went with the giants, um, everybody liked the Niners. And so I liked the dolphins for some weird reason that I've never figured out. 
And so I tend to uh, be kind of the opposite of, or or at least think if everybody else is thinking that way, I'm a, I'm either going to do the opposite or I'm at least going to question it and find out first if that's the right thing to do. And so um, I've always had a connection to that idea of just because everybody else is doing it doesn't make it okay. Um, and that you really kind of have to take a step back and 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 think for yourself, is that the best thing or not? And so I like that idea a lot of rebel and cre- create, rebel against the idea that dads are Homer Simpson. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really the foundation to American society for the last 275 years has been the family and the man, the father as the head of that family. And when he has ruled in righteousness, this country has succeeded and excelled. And um, it's my belief that some of the problem uh, with America today is because of that um, pivotal role being downplayed. By who? You know, that's, I wish I could say exactly who it is, um, because I don't know if it's a, there's this great cabal out there. Um, I tend to not believe in conspiracies. Yeah. Um, I think it's just society as a whole uh, well, I mean, as a guy who's a Christian and believes in the devil as well, I, I do believe that there is some some bad power who is probably trying to downplay and degrade, denigrate. Is that a word? Denigrate? You would know better than me. Well, whatever that word is that <laughs> sounds like denigrate. Um, that role of the father, because it's so important to just the welfare of the country, of the community, and of the family. As you look around at men in general today, do you think that we have some incredible role models? I do. I actually, the more I get into this and the more I listen to your podcast, the more I realize that I think that's more of a perception that everybody is going bad. And it's not that case. Right? Because that's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about negativity a lot. It's what, I don't know why, but it's what media is fueled with. So do you think, okay... So yes, there are great dudes out there who are trying every day. I'm interrupting this important conversation that you probably just started getting into with a big announcement. During the month of November and the beginning of December 2019, I need your help and this is all hands on deck. I've created a daily journal designed to help dads like you and I stay focused on being the engaged and intentional fathers we desire to be. Do you ever feel like I do sometimes, like you're not cutting it, you're not hitting the mark as a father? Well, my hope is that this journal would be one tool that could help you get there, but it will not come to market unless it is funded. We are doing this through a crowdfunding website where it's all or nothing. So please go to our Instagram or Facebook at Rebel and Create and follow links to our Kickstarter campaign for the Fatherhood Legacy Journal. Or you can go to kickstarter.com and in the search, put in Fatherhood Legacy Journal or Rebel and Create Fatherhood Legacy Journal and it'll pop up and we need your help. So please buy a journal for yourself, for a friend or for a dad that you know. We would so appreciate it because we believe fatherhood matters and we're doing all we can to spread the word and create tools that will help support dads everywhere. And now back to that important conversation you were just getting into. And you say there are good role models, but culturally, I don't know that there's anybody that's on a pedestal being kind of 
put out in the the limelight as this guy is a great leader, husband, father. We usually find the things we don't like about those people and make them look like idiots. Uh, Okay, so if you think that the role of family has been kind of brought down and not kind of in the same light as it used to be or should be, do you think that men are responsible for that? I mean, you kind of said a couple things, but do you think we globally, nationally are earning the right to lead? Um, I think it is our natural role as, as men to be providers and leaders of our own household. Um, and I think that anything short of that um, is not what we were designed for. That doesn't mean that there are exceptions, because I know that there are plenty of good people out there that, um, you know, certain men just don't have that quality. And they were able to get in a relationship where the wife has some of those roles. And that doesn't mean that they're somehow less of a man. Um, but I think in general, um, as a as a kind of broad rule, I rule that I, I think humans were designed to kind of be this way. I think uh, we were created as men to, to have some differences in our physical structure and our mental structure um, versus women that makes it so our, our natural role is to lead and to um, protect and to care for our, our families. Okay. So I like where this is going. So what I want you to share is before we started recording, you shared what you are rebelling and creating against. And so I think that what you just said leads good into that, which is going to then tie good into why I wanted you on the podcast in the beginning. Okay. The idea that we shouldn't or don't need to be involved in our communities. Okay. Um, I am well, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into how involved I am in my community at a, a variety of different levels. But over the years, um, you know, when I see saw an issue, um, especially on Facebook, um, that people are complaining about something, I would go, "Oh well, okay, there's a meeting on that subject on this date. I'm going to go and I'm going to go voice my opinion." Um, one time it was about a, a need for another school in my community. Another time it was the lack of baseball parks or baseball fields for Little League. And in both cases, I went to these meetings expecting to, you know, be filled with other people like-minded, and I was the only person there who wasn't sitting on the committee. Um, you know, when it came to the school issue, I look around, and there are, with all the people that were complaining about the need for a school and this and that, I was the only other parent there in the meeting explaining about what they were going to do to try Other to than it. the people who were on the committee? The people who were running it and had an open public forum to discuss it. And I was the only person in the community there. Was there an age difference between you and who was on the committee? Um, in the case of the parks issue, yes. Um, the The average age of the members of the uh, Parks and Rec community was probably 70. Really? Yes. And they were talking about pickleball. And I got pretty upset because I'm like, <laughs> no kids care about pickleball. Stop talking about this. Um and, and that kind of spurred me to, okay, well, if other people aren't going to be here and they're not going to be involved, then I will. 
And so I put my name in uh, to to the the draw not drawing but nominate got I nominated myself that I'd like to serve on these different committees and in both cases got picked actually for the parks and rec it took a year for me to get on that committee um, I had to I think they had like two different openings during that time and both times I put my name in and they didn't pick me and then the third time they did wow. um, for the the school issue um, I did get picked right away on that and I just kind of wonder well it's not like I'm that smarter or good looking is it just nobody else put their names in hmm so let's come back to the committees and stuff. So you're rebelling against the th- idea that you're only out for your family. Oh, right. So I'm that you're right. That was the main point. Um, I'm right. Rebelling against the idea that the only reason you should serve in a, a volunteer capacity is if there is a direct benefit to you or your family. So then out of that, what are you hoping to create? I'm hoping to create the idea that it is good, okay, and should be encouraged to serve for no other reason than to want to help the community become better, even if it doesn't have a direct benefit to me. So this is huge, I think, because as we started this just a few moments ago, we're talking about men and leaders and are there good men out there and are there any good role models and um, I asked if you thought that there were good leaders out there. And you said, yes, there's good men. And listening to the podcast, we hear there's a lot of good dudes. But have we served anything other than ourselves and our family? I know there are some, but I don't think there's enough. Okay, so then the, the thing that I'm wondering is, is that where we fell off is that where we you know are messing up is that we're not focusing enough outside of our home which this is all my whole thing has all been about you can find your purpose in your home love and serve your home which is like the core of what I want to do but at a certain level there's people outside of my home in my city that need to be able to see and be encouraged by family and if I'm not out there kind of sharing it, living it with others, then what's the point of just making this thing, this utopia inside my home, which isn't really possible, obviously. And that's a, that's a really good point because one of the issues I have had in trying to serve my community is the pushback I got from my wife who, you know, said, well, why are you doing that if, you know, it's not helping out our son or our daughter or, or, or you? And, you know, we've had to have conversations about, well, I do think these types of things because I'm trying to make my industry better. I'm trying to make my my community better. Um, And I would tell you that there's obviously we came. There's many different, you know, my wife and I were raised obviously different. And, um, you know, over the years of being married, we have both kind of um, butted heads on different subjects. And then over time seen where the other person is coming from and accepted it. And I would tell you that is one thing that my wife has done a great job is it was a very foreign concept to her of why would you do that? It's spending time away from your family. It's spending um, time away from your job. Um, That does not have a direct benefit. Why are you wasting your time on that? You know, of course I would come back with, well, there's a greater good. Uh, I want, you know, my kids will benefit in a way from this, but other people will too. And um, I think over 
that over time she has been able to kind of really see that and accept that, but also been a great um, um, uh, barrier, not barrier, but um, balance balance of, okay, I know you want to do this and it's good, but you have gone too far. Enough's enough. And last year I did that. Last year I was on way too many things and my wife... Um, I was serving on the Parks and Rec Committee and the School Bond Committee, and um, I was president of our association for of all the health agents, and I was the football director for the junior football program, and I was coaching football. I was coaching two football teams, and they wanted me to become the president of that junior football program and cheer program the following year. And my wife put her foot down and said, "No, that is too much. You cannot do it." And, and I kind of took a step back and went, she's right. I have extended myself too far. You know, typically when when you find somebody who is capable and willing to do stuff, everybody wants your help. Right. And it was a good experience for me to realize I can't help everybody at all times. Um, and I have to balance my family and, and my wife um, versus how much I want to help my community. And so that was a good learning experience last year. And, and for her to tell me, no, that is enough me to step back and realize yep that is too much and um i think there's also a a want of her to say i want some more time from you even though she never directly said that how quickly did you respond to her and how did you respond to her my initial response of course is (laughs) you can't tell me what to do you know that that whole i i always go against what i'm told um but you know after some contemplation i would tell you it, it took it took probably a month or so for me to go, okay, I want to do this because I, I can help and I'm good at it, to, no, that is too far. I need to respect what my my family's needs are yeah. and weigh that against it. Yeah. So it took me probably about a month. And yeah. then after that, I, I told the different groups, hey, I'm going to have to cut back. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm sorry. How did your wife respond when you did that? She was appreciative. Yeah. She knew you know, after 15 years, she's kind of figured me out and she knew that I like these things, not for selfish purposes, but that I do like them. And when she saw that, okay, I'm, I'm going to put these things back. I think she realized as well that no family needs to come before those other things. Yeah. But dude, I, it's so good because as I really grew up in the church, I feel like a lot of times we would do things in the community, but it was for an underlying reason, you, you you know, and even even myself. So let's just say even myself, if I'm going to go do something, I'm kind of look at the time versus value as how is it adding value really to me or my family. Um, so to start to think about it on a just a little bit broader scale and go, OK, these are all the things I don't like or I'm complaining on a national level. What am I doing in my own town or my own city to have any kind of say on anything versus you know, there's the people who are just bitching and moaning on Facebook, like you said. But then you said no one showed up because our favorite shows on, even though we don't have yeah, shows probably at a certain time. We've got whatever going on. Um, hmm. Well, and, and that goes to my, my personal view of government. I think the bigger it is, the more wasteful and unaccountable it is. And the smaller it is, um, the more... It is accountable and you can make a difference. And um, 
you know, because I, I remember my son asking me, well, dad, is government good or bad? And um, I wanted to, you know, even though I have my political stances and I, I typically lean a little bit to the right, I didn't want to just trash government as a whole. I said, well, I think that it, government serves a purpose, um, but where it is really most effective and needed is at the smallest level, your city level or, or in some cases, county levels. And that's where really um, you see the salt of the earth and people who just want to make things better. They don't just complain. They're actually doers of of the work. Can they actually do anything? Yes, they can. Um, you know, I mean, all these different committees and, and, and coaching um I would argue that is where the biggest impact can be felt. I mean, one of the biggest reasons I love coaching football, um, and I coached a team last year that I did not have a child on, um, is because I really like being a positive influence to young men. Um, you know, football is football, and, and of course we love um, the warrior mentality that football exists, and that's probably why there's a concerted effort against football. Um, but... I cherish the fact that with a lot of these boys play this game um, and they come from homes that are really messed up, uh, especially in the community we're in where we have this weird dynamic of really rich people and really poor people and a big set of people in the middle. Um, and and you, you find that these boys who have issues almost always do not have either dads or good dads in their home. Yeah, it's wild. And to me, I, I think, okay, coaches in my life have been a very big influence. Yep. Um, why wouldn't I want to try to be that good influence to those boys who really need it? I can't adopt them. I can't live with them. I can't do these other things. But I can at least be for two hours, three hours a day. Um, you know, coach is there and coach never, you know, talks about bad things uh, with, with his wife or family. He loves his kids. He values all, you know, I, I hope that they pick up on my values yeah, and um, see that that is a good man who wants to help for the right reasons. And so that's probably my, not probably, that is the number one reason I love coaching is because to try to be that positive influence of a male role model in some boys' lives and girls' lives as well, because I have coached some girls' teams, although that is a different dynamic, man. I don't know if you've ever dealt with girls softball versus boys baseball, but they are very different. That was a learning experience for me. But regardless, I, I feel like it's really good for kids and young men and women to have that role model that they can see is a good guy and doing things for the right reason. Okay, dude, I love this. So I want to break this down and get practical for people. So um, that's why, you know, obviously that's why I had you on the podcast is because you're so involved in city and state and federally on our, at least in our industry. And, and just to kind of give a little background, um, with our industry, we go to, we have a conference in Washington, D.C. once a year where we go learn about laws that are you know, bills that are going to potentially be laws and we go meet with our representatives and discuss it with them. And I was exposed to this about six years ago to really get a better understanding of how our government even works. Um, and I was president of the local chapter. And so I've been going with for six years with Dave and his family and other people and have really grown. So Dave, you've, you're kind of involved lots of different ways, but practically speaking, 
what if more men were to get involved in just the local government or local like local sports what are some practical things that we could do and why well two things because when you were talking about the dc trip um, that triggered one thing in my head and because you had asked me earlier like where did you learn some of these community mindedness yeah and i do want to just talk on that real quick because i didn't say it earlier and that is when i was 12 years old that's when my dad first took me to Washington, D.C. and kind of taught me the process of citizen lobbyists. And we do these, we petition our government, and we can make a difference. Um, and that actually probably had one of the biggest influences in my life, um, my dad, of teaching the principles to me. And that doesn't mean you got to take your kids to D.C., but the idea of my dad telling me these things were important and then going taking me to meetings with congressmen, even though I fell asleep in, the, in those meetings because they were so boring, <laughs> it still made an impression on me that, yep, that's the point of our, our system is the citizens have to, have to be involved. Um, so I, I think that w- I would be remiss if I didn't mention that it came from my own dad that instilled it in me. And I, okay, that's killer, man, because uh, when we go on these, when we go lobbying and we're walking through the Capitol, there are a ton of people there. I mean, we get like 15, 30 minutes with these, with, with our representatives. And then there's another group behind us. Like there's groups all day long coming in and out of their meeting with people right now. Who are, who are, who's out there influencing? Well, and, and, and that's what one thing I, um, when people talk politics to me, I try to help them understand that you shouldn't just be listening to cable news and complaining on the internet you really do need to get involved and see how these things work and you can do it. Um, obviously, uh, it's a little bit harder to do it on the, the national level. Going to DC for Californians is, is a pain in the butt. Um, but it is very doable on the local level. And I have taken my, um, my kids, I think my son and my daughters, one daughter wants to some of these meetings and it's just an opportunity for them to, um, to, to see, Oh, you, you attend the Parks and Rec Committee, and those are just normal people who are trying to improve our, our the parks in our city. Um, and so being in, and that probably goes back to my Boy Scout days. In order to get a certain merit badge, I had to attend those meetings myself. Um, and so it's, you know, the more they are um, exposed to how uh, the community works, the government works, the um, whatever it is, at a younger age, I think it will be a positive influence for them, and hopefully they'll do it, so, emulate it. So say somebody knows like very little about government. What can they do to learn about it? You know, one of the easiest ways is almost all local governments send out an email. So and, just go to city of whatever and get it on their email newsletter. Uh-huh. And, um, and you know, they probably send that newsletter out too often. But in that newsletter that they send out are all the committees that um, meet when they meet and when there's an opening and um, kind of what's going on, you know, events and and so forth in your community. That is probably the easiest way is just whatever city or community you are involved in, sign up for their newsletter. And then if if you see something in there, will they also make announcements of things they're working on or doing or what the committee might be meeting on? They typically will. So So if I see something I don't like instead of just bitching about it. I could just go show up at the meeting and what kind of attitude should I have if I show up? 
Um, hostility and throw stuff. Because <laughs> that is fun and entertaining. No, um, I would encourage folks to go and just, uh, if there's some type of interest, to go to those meetings and see how they work. Because, um, you know, it was an eye-opener for me that, you know, that I use that example of that Parks and Rec Committee where I wanted more baseball parks and they were talking about pickleball. Um, That's that, who's making decisions for us. Uh, yes. And I just want, in my opinion, too, is just even in our state, like there's people who are making decisions about us who aren't living the same lives we are. Well, but I, wanna, I want to defend them in saying that particular meeting, I, I left going, oh, F this, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to, to make a difference. And, um, I do. And then I find out, oh no, they were aware of the baseball issue and that we needed more parks. And that even though the, these guys and gals are very senior citizens, they were very aware of it. Um, they're just limited to what they can do Mm. as far as changing it. And so, um, you know, I got on that committee and, well, or, or, or a lot of stuff in Sacramento that we hear about. And then I, I go and I talk with people and I, I, I lobby, I, I attend these things and I realize there's always more going on. There's always more to it. Yes. And um, the more you get involved, the more you understand about what's happening behind the scenes and it changes your perspective. Then are you a little bit things. more open to, to both sides? Yes. I have definitely changed my stance from pretty far one direction to pretty center because even though they, they both say, the, the political parties say dumb things, I find that really, truly, these people do mean well. So there's really more of a middle ground if you're involved. It's just, as far as media goes, that's not what they're talking about. Oh, absolutely. Most people, whether they're right or left, are trying to do what is good for, for their constituents and for their communities. Um, and I do believe that. I, there is probably some evil people out there for nefarious purposes, but I, I by and far, by, by and large, by, by large, by far and large. What is that saying, Ned? By and far? <laughs> I don't think that's... Okay, I don't know. <laughs> but um, by far... The large majority of people who serve Nailed it. are doing it for the right purposes. Even if we don't agree always on how they're accomp- trying to accomplish the things they're tr- wanting do to do. Do you think that there are many fathers who are engaged in their families who are involved in local government? Yes, really? but there's not enough of them. Okay. The few people who do serve on these other committees with me are are very similar to me. They are good husbands and good fathers, most of them. There are a couple of crackpots, um, but there's just not enough of us. There's not enough of the good, normal people who are serving on committees and 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 um, being involved in their associations and 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 trying to make a difference. Yeah. And that is what I'm scared of, because the average age on a lot of these things are the Sun City folks. And Sun City is like in... 65 plus retirement yeah. community. Which I don't want to just shove them to the side. I mean, they have so much to offer, but it would be nice to do things together. But that's up to me really to go make that happen. Well, I'm just worried that what happens in 20 more years when they're gone, if there wasn't another group of people behind them that are willing and wanting to serve in their community. I'm really concerned uh, because if there's not enough me's that are doing it, Who's going to influence? Who's going to say, we need more parks, we need more this and that, and here's how we should budget. 
Um, if we all just stay in the, I can't spend my time to do that, I'm just going to complain online, um, that could be a real problem and downfall of of our system, both government and um, associations and everything else. Um, we There's definitely a need for the next couple of generations to step up and do things for the right reason. And I'm a little scared that I don't see them doing it currently. Yeah. Okay. So you gave one practical step of going to your local city's website, which I'm going to do, and I'm going to sign up for their email to see what's going on. And then I would encourage you, whatever floats your boat, sparks your interest, go to one of those meetings. Just go check and it just out. see how it works. Take a kid with you. I, I would very much want you to take one of your kids. Um, and here's the thing too, if like in my situation, I didn't know very much about government and how it all worked. And the last few years I've taken my kids to DC and I've learned with them. Now you could do that on your local city. You could do that. If you live within a two or three hour drive from your capital in your state, you could just go check it out, go walk through This is how it works. Um, Oh, and you're, you're treated like a, a, a prince when you do that. Because remember, the system was set up for regular citizens to be involved. And like I said, there's not very many who do that. So when you do go and visit, even like Sacramento, uh, the, the state capitol, and say, oh, I'm, I'm here, we're just doing a tour to learn how government works and I'm teaching my kid. Oh, you'll get uh, people who will take you on private tours. You'll um, Staff of, of different um, senators and assemblymen or con- uh, congressmen will give you time because they want the regular citizens to see how it works and become involved. They want them to care. It's funny because it's true. My cousins just came up from Southern California and they had got here early. So they went over to Sacramento for the day. And I think they said they were just walking by a door and their security guard. And they said, Oh, we're just wanted to show our kids the Capitol. And he brought them right in and like gave them this whole tour of the place. Uh, because how many people are going down to Sacramento today to say, we'd love to teach our kids about how government works. Not very many. It, te- it seems to only be if the school is offering that field trip, do they go? Uh, it, um, probably not a lot of parents doing it just to teach. But I think it's not because we wouldn't. It's just because that idea never even popped into my head. That's a valid point. And why is cause, that? Cause you're, why is because when you and your wife say, hey, what should we do for a fun adventure our family? I'll bet you money. The, the idea of let's go lobby our uh, our congressman probably doesn't pop into your mind. It's let's go see a movie or yes. let's go do something that's kind of self-focused, not educational focused. And and to fess up, it's not like I do that either. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, I get it. But it's like we could balance it a bit. And the opportunity is there. And it's not hard to do. It's just have we thought about it? Yeah. And so... Uh, great point. And, and maybe if the folks that are listening to this, if they can leave with uh, a couple of ideas, it'd be, you know, subscribe to your newsletter, go uh, attend a meeting that on something that interests you and try to do an activity with your family that involves some type of community service. Uh, well, I don't mean picking up trash on the, 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 the roadway. I mean, um, government or, or something else that, that, um, where people are serving their community to make it better and, and participate or, or watch that event. So when you say that, I'm like, Oh my gosh, what would we do? But I'll give an example that we are about to do. 
So we went to our kid's school and we said, hey, we want to do a service project with our kid. We met with the principal. We want to do a service project with our kid. Do you have anything that we could come on a Saturday and do? Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh my gosh, yes, here's something. And so, you know, they have a budget for it and they needed like these sinks put in for a washing station outside when kids are doing projects. So we are coming up with a little design, going to put a couple hundred dollars of our own money into it and go do this with our kids on a Saturday. It's like, how freaking hard is that? You're not committing to every Thursday night. You've got to go to this thing. Um, There's no reason to do it other than just to do it. Um, but to do something like that with your kids, I guarantee if you ask them in six months, they're going to remember that more than, Oh, we, we went to the movies and saw whatever they won't remember, you know, and, and that brings me to a point, um, that you had shared with me several pre Christmases ago of how do I get my kids to be, um, less about the presents and more about the, the point of Christmas and you had actually made the suggestion to me of there are local um, uh, community service organizations that always need help. And to go and ask, hey, are there some families in the community that need a Christmas tree? Yeah. Um, and that it was a, you had offered me the great idea of here is, you know, not the government, but private organizations that its only goal is to try to make their community better. And they always need help, too. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, we're, we both go to church, and that's the big reason why church exists. Um, but as a guy who grew up in, in the, the Mormon church, LDS church, we can be very much, we will serve and do all these things, but only in our own community, mm. our, our, our own church. And that's good. Um, I mean, the, the, one of the bedrock principles of the Mormon church, LDS church is we, we don't have any play, paid cur- clergy. Everybody is a volunteer from the highest leader to the, the Sunday That's school teacher. That's pretty cool. Um, and so it's very much instilled in us. But one of the things I worry about is I don't think enough of, of people of my same faith then try to pr- apply those principles outside of the church walls. Some do. I mean, there are great people, but I worry that there might not be enough. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's not that serving in your church is bad, but... Just make sure that you're looking for opportunities to serve um, both in the regular community as well as church. I agree, man. I think <clears throat> I think sometimes our motives can be a little out of whack. And just to do something just to do it is enough. To drop off a Christmas tree to a family. Like, that's so easy to do. Call the local Medi-Cal office. Who, you know, whatever agency's giving out the, the, the food, food for stamps. Families. And, yeah, that kind of stuff. Just call them up. Say, hey, this is, you know, my family wants to give a three Christmas trees. That's so going to cost you, what, like 60 bucks, depending. And they'll say, oh, let me ask. And they come back. Oh, yeah, this and this family. They love a Christmas tree. And you just put, like, drop off a tree with some lights. Let them put it up themselves. Decorate it themselves. Like, that kid now has a Christmas tree to look at. And they probably weren't going to. And that's... You know, Tony Robbins does, like so many uh like nuts at thanksgiving they give away so much food because his story and i'm not saying it correctly probably but something like when he was a kid and didn't have money somebody dropped a bag of groceries off on thanksgiving and he couldn't believe that some other family out there would care enough to give them groceries and so now it's like bonkers how much they give and that's awesome 
And, and the only thing I'd say is let's just make sure we're doing stuff like that, not just around the holidays. Yeah, that's so true. Because we all get a little more uh, cognizant of it between um, Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and obviously do it awesome. But let's make sure we're, we're trying to do it in October and in March as well. Yeah. Um, cool. Dude, any other thoughts or actions um, around local government, state government, teaching our kids? I mean, we talked about a lot of good, very practical, easy things to do and talked about how there's really a need for it. There is. Um, no, I think it's just so important that um, men can serve um, at the right balance, as I learned. Yeah. You, you can't go too far and, and damage your relationship with your wa- uh, wife or your kids. Um, but I do believe that my serving, uh, my taking my kids with me to D.C., um, my serving on these uh, parks and rec committee and, and school bond committees, um, and coaching, um, are being a positive influence to my kids. And my hope is that in 20 years, when they are in a similar situation, that they will emulate me. Um, and I think that's really kind of the, the point of your rebel and create podcast is rebel against that idea of only doing things. If there's a, um, direct benefit to yourself and create the idea that community is us. And unless we're willing to serve, um, we should not expect that other people are going to do it for us. Hmm. Dude, I love it. And does your wife coach as well? She does now. She said she would never coach. And um, this is actually her second year of coaching um, my littlest, Stella, who is a cheerleader. So we're talking the the five and six year old girls. Dude, so it's tough to it's coach. not super. Yes, it, it they are very very hard to coach, but it's also not super competitive yet. You know, right. they don't do the competitions. Um, but just how as, does she like coaching? Just as I knew she would, she loves it. It's a pain <laughs> in the butt, um, yeah. and she'll tell she'll let me know that. But at the same time, I can tell she uh, there's a passion. Anytime you uh, and I, she does it for the same th- reason. Yes, it's awesome that our own kid is on there. But she loves being that good influence and helping those other little girls learn yeah. too. And that's, well, and that whole feeling of I'm being a positive role model and I'm helping somebody else grow is why we do those type of things. And it is so fulfilling to do it. Dude, that's really cool. Well, Dave, dude, thank you so much. I just want to encourage you and tell you, I mean, you're a great dad. I see you doing stuff regularly with your kids um, serving your wife. You always bring your family on, on industry trips and are going and doing fun adventures with them and being intentional with them, not just the, the Disneyland trips, but also the day in and day out of being engaged with your kids and, and your spouse and trying to be in tune with where they're at and who they're becoming and how you can, you can be a servant to them. So looking from the outside in, I can see that, that you're that dad. And, and I think there are a lot of dads like that, but the hope is that there'll be more. Um, and I just want to say, dude, the work you're doing in local government, state government, and even federally for our industry is really incredible. And I think you would say this to anybody is anybody could do it. I mean, you got to have a little bit of care and passion for it maybe, but you don't got to be the smartest guy in the room. You just got to show up and care. Um, and so I appreciate you doing that and I appreciate you coming on and sharing with us so that hopefully a few more of us will 
just take a few small steps to learn more about it and and influence our world and what's our world is becoming so dude i appreciate you and appreciate everything you're doing well and likewise you've been a great example to me and and if nothing else uh listening to these podcasts have helped me understand i don't have to be perfect um i'm never going to be perfect the the absolute perfect dad or husband but if i can just try to do one thing a little bit better pick up one little nugget from these things and and try to do it and apply it in my life um then i think i'm winning yes dude for sure well i just want to thank all you dads out there listening to the rebel and create fatherhood field notes podcast what you do truly matters inside your home outside of your home you are building a legacy now please don't be like everybody else be yourself If serving in government or being a coach just isn't your thing, don't do it. Find another way to teach and show your kids service out in the community. So please just remember, you don't have to do some big audacious thing or walk away from this podcast feeling like you have to go get on some committee and dedicate some years of your life to something. The smallest act of kindness that we can do today outside of our home, inside of our home, is what will build and create the legacy that we are leaving behind for our children. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to share it. We want to get the word out that fatherhood matters. If you have a question or thought, email me at ned at rebelandcreate.com. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's continue to rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood.